0: Praise the name of the Lord, God is so good, he is. I want you to know I don't say that because it's just part of my language. That is a doctrinal statement, of biblical truth, that God is so good, he's so good, he's so good. I don't say it because I don't, I deny the reality of what's going on, I just speak to a greater reality, and that God is good, and his word never changes. His word never changes. Amen. I just want to, before we begin, uh, and I give you the theme for the month of January, what God has put in my heart, I just want to let you know that there isn't, it's a lie. The enemy has lied that in order for us to be relevant, uh, we can't speak truth to people. Um, That in speaking truth to someone, doesn't mean you don't love them. Um, And so we kind of just, allow them to think their way, and we just call it, well, we're just different. There's a difference between just being different in personality than being different in, it's a lie. (laughs) They believe in a lie. That's not being different. They believe in a lie. That's not loving to not tell people the truth. Now, if you do by the Spirit of God, let the Holy Spirit do its work. But I just felt led to tell people that, because I noticed that over the years what happens is, as society just becomes even more gross in its immorality, the church gets quiet and we just get silent because anything you say just gets taken the wrong way. And Jesus never was afraid of that. Jesus actually did it with, with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I just want to let you know that, that, that God has given you a, a, a an opportunity. Don't allow this year the narrative of the enemy to stop you from declaring the truth of God. Excuse me, God's word. Amen? Yeah, don't let the enemy's narrative of what 2023 is going to be like rob you of what God wants for you. So the theme for the month of January, and for those who are are, are new here or perhaps those who have been on the journey with us for the last seven years, thank you, Um, but how God has wired me to deliver his word it's simply this, he gives me a theme. He gives me a theme, and he says, this is the theme, and it, it's typically a statement. And so I get that statement, then I wrestle with it, then I go to the scriptures. And in that, there are times when he'll give me a text, or he'll give me, uh, you know, a, 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 a title or something like that. And, and, and so, to, to bring it to you, I want you to really get a hold, because December... Um, was really powerful in the sense of dealing with God's peace. Um, and I'm still staying on that because um, we must understand having peace with God. We must understand that. that. That must be a subtle issue in 2023, that you're at peace with God. I, I want it just to, to, to sink in, that no more lies of the enemy telling you you're not at peace with God, because God's ready to move. He has things he wants to accomplish in your life. And here it is, and through your life. Let me say that again. You have to settle that God, you're at peace with God. The war is over. I'm not saying you don't have to battle. I'm saying the war is over. I want you to write that down because the enemy, the enemy wants you to think you're still fighting a war. And the reality is you're fighting battles, not the war. You're fighting battles. And so when you understand that you're at peace with God... And that you are not at war with God anymore because of the cross. That what you understand now is that you are facing battles. And so, what God has given you for the battle, watch this now, stay with me. You're no longer at war with God. He sent his son Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and took, as Luguel mentioned, all that we deserve. So, the war is over. Someone said, The war is over. Remember, not the war of mankind, they're still fighting. But the war with God and man, it is over. I think the biblical term is, it is finished. Come on, folks. We just finished the year, 2022. But God wants you to let you know. No, it's been finished. Come on. Can someone give God a praise? For it is finished. It's got to be a settled issue, folks. That you're at peace with God. Now, why that's important is because there are religions that, that will literally say that's impossible. You cannot be at peace with a deity. So I got to do all this work to appease this God. And what God has given us is freedom to fight the battle. Not freedom to be confused about the war. And so what we must understand is this, that the reason why that that we understand the battle is because God wants you now to not just have peace with him. He wants you to experience the peace of God in your life. See, he didn't just save us. He didn't just rescue us. I want you to write this down because because this is where you recognize him when you have peace with God. It's not that he just rescued us. Yes, that's an exodus. He rescued us from Egypt, the house of bondage. Someone say, I'm rescued. rescued. The moment you confess Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, he rescued you. He went to the Greek word. It's called the Agora. He did that. I've shared this before. He rescued you. But I find that where the enemy now does the battle is understanding your redemption. That you're redeemed. Not just rescued as a survivor. You've been redeemed. Oh, that's so good. And that's why earlier today we talked about the spirit of orphan, get off, and the spirit of rejection, get off, and the spirit of lack, get off. And every spirit, you have to understand that you've been redeemed. Your spirit now is awakened to the Holy Spirit, and now you commune back with God. That's how you can actually get to a place of where addiction is broken. That, watch us now, he breaks the addiction in rescuing you, but he redeems you from the habit oh, come on, mm, that you battle. That's a good word right there. And so in this realm, medication is okay in this realm. There's nothing wrong with that. But in the redeemed realm, that's meditation. Come on. And so the enemy now doesn't mind you staying here being rescued. He doesn't want you to understand being redeemed. I'm going somewhere with a theme for January. Stay with me. Allow me some grace to take you through this. Because ultimately where God wants us to get, and the reason why we're looking at peace, is because he just doesn't want you to live redeemed. He wants you to know that God wants to restore all things back to you again. He wants you to get back to Genesis chapter 1 and 2. He doesn't want you to hover over Genesis chapter 3 and 4. He literally wants to get you back to Genesis chapter 2 and Genesis chapter 1 because that was God's original design, and that is where he restores all things to you. And that's a good word because now we're going to see that that's why we're looking at peace because there's a peace with God, but there's a peace of God. And that's when you experience God's restoration of all things in your life. And that changes how you look at everything. Now you get to the point of saying, God, renew my mind. Why? Because I'm restored. Creating me a clean heart, oh God. Why? Because I'm restored. And that's what the word does. And what the enemy doesn't want you to understand is that you've been redeemed by this. Not only did he go to the Agora and rescue you, I've told this before, but he's also cut the cord so you are now redeemed. So now he can give you the things he wants that's going to restore your life. That's how good God is. And so I'm going to encourage you in 2023 that, that what you're looking at is this, is that all of this is accomplished as you're setting your goals for 2023. If you're making New Year's resolutions, or you're deciding on changing something in your life, remember this one thing. Jesus does not, cannot, and will not change. That's why we know peace is available to us. Because Jesus Christ does not, cannot, and will not change. And Jesus came to restore all things back. Come on. And so, because of that, now we understand and certain our goals for this year. It's it's vital. So this absolute, undisputed truth. This absolute, undisputed truth of an unchanging Jesus. Let that let that let that sing for a second. What would that do to your life if you really believe that the absolute, undisputed truth is that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today. And forevermore. That when everything else is changing around you, one thing that is consistent is Jesus. And although people try to make him all sorts of things, Jesus is the Son of God. He's the Word made flesh and dwelt among us. He is 100% God, 100% man. That's who Jesus is the second person, the triune Godhead. And he does not change. He will not change. He cannot. He will not. He can't change. That's an absolute undisputed truth. As we enter to 2023, I want you to recognize that we have to come to peace with that in our hearts and mind. Because he wants to move us to a place of restoring all things. And why not 2023? Why not this be the year that he restores all things back to you? You see, his peace will eliminate your anxieties and concerns, because there's a difference. There's anxieties that if we allow it to manifest, can bring us into doubt and unbelief, which can then become sin. But there's also natural concerns we have for our loved ones, our family members. There are concerns that we have that are just natural, that are God uh, concerns of just being a human being. And those aren't sinful. Those are concerns of living in a fallen world. Of where the war is over, but I still have to battle. How many know that you're still going to have concerns from last year moving to this year? How many know that your concerns from last night are still going to be here today? And as we look into the new year and the next day and the next day, we're going to see that anxiety, concerns, and worries, and needs are still here. I don't know about you, but when I opened my eyes this morning, my anxieties didn't go anywhere. Come on. Are you up yet? <laughs> are you ready to do battle? <laughs> right? Those same problems are there. But what God wants us to understand is that because we, we know about this peace, and I'm getting to my text, we know about this peace, he says here is the key. No matter what your New Year's resolution goals are, no matter that one thing that you're looking to change, Here is one thing that will always be rock solid for every believer. Matter of fact, for every individual, is this. And this is our theme. This year, pray more. I want more finance. That's awesome. I want a healthy family. That's awesome. I want to achieve this. Go for it. I want to accomplish this. Absolutely, I'm with you, buddy. Come on, I'll run with you. But if you're going to do anything this year, pray more. Uh huh. Come on, come on, church. No matter what it is, pray more. I have a great prayer life. Pray more. I've seen breakthrough. Pray more. I've seen people heal. Pray more. I've seen the eyes of the blind open. Pray more. I've seen the lame walk. Pray more. I've seen people get delivered. Pray more. No matter what you write down as your goal this year, pray more. It's the area of why we've been losing the battles. It's because we don't pray more see, peace is reached to the power of prayer. Someone say the power of, power of prayer. Go with me to Matthew chapter 6. Jesus, who you all said amen, who doesn't change, teaches on this topic that he lived. It wasn't a lecture. When Jesus teaches us, he's not giving us a lecture like the other rabbis. As you turn it, let that sink in. Jesus is not a philosopher like Gandhi. He's not he's not a prophet like they call like Muhammad. That's not what he is. Jesus is truth. And he doesn't just give lectures, he embodies that truth. Oh, church. Church. We're going to navigate this thing. And so here he's teaching on the very thing that he lived. And so begin at verse 5 of Matthew chapter 6. What you see here sounds like a negative But it's actually very positive in what Jesus is doing because he understands the importance of prayer. So in verse 5, it says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they might be seen by others. Truly, I say to you that they have received their reward. Verse 6, But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father. Pray to who? To your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Verse 7. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Verse 8 and final. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Oh. Oh my goodness, Holy Ghost, I'm feeling this message already. So you see, peace is reachable through the power of prayer. So the peace of heart and mind, you might be saying after being with us the month of December, okay, so Pastor a peace of, peace, of, peace of heart and peace of mind is available. Peace in my heart, excuse me, and peace of mind is available, but it seems unattainable. At this moment in my life. But I'm here to tell you. No. It is actually reachable. Through the power of prayer. The power. Watch that. The power of what? Prayer. So there's power in prayer. So the things that I'm battling with. He said the power is in prayer. Because I didn't give you a spirit of fear. But of what? Power And of what? Love. And what? A sound mind. So peace is reachable. So when people are in chaos, don't join their chaos. Pray the peace of God to enter their heart. Come on. So peace is reachable through the power of prayer. Because you see, peace of God and prayer, they work together. And Jesus is going to reveal this to us. Because I'm 100% convinced, I'm 100% confident that what Paul wants us to understand in Philippians 4 verse 6 that we've been talking about is to experience the peace of God, you must have a prayer life. Do you know that when Ananias was sent to go talk to Paul the apostle, when he was kicked off the donkey and he was blind? You know one of the key words that the Holy Spirit told Ananias that you would know that this is the Paul, this is the one, he's praying. He's praying. He says, the one who is praying. So when he got there, people were probably standing, everybody else. But here was this apostle Paul. At that time, he was Saul. And he's sitting like this. uh, And he's sitting and he's praying. And Ananias says, that's the one, the one who has a prayer life. That's the one that God wants me to go. And God wants me to speak mysteries to him. And so I'm here to tell you that one of the most difficult things for us to develop is a prayer life. You've heard this said before. We can have a concert. It could pack the place out. Bring Maverick, Elevation, Hillsong for the old school people. Gaither, right? You can bring those guys. And the place is packed out. You feel me? And we can have great preachers. Come on, you know some celebrity preachers who preach much better than me, right? You know what I'm saying? That if they come. But when you call a prayer meeting, come on, somebody. Ooh. Now, that's not a negative. That's just confirming the battle. That's not to condemn you. That's letting you know the reality of the battle. Because it's prayer and the power of prayer that is so vital. And so he's saying here that you have a prayer life. Because here's the thing. If I have peace with God but don't have a prayer life, I'm just religious. But if I have peace with God and I have a prayer life, I'm powerful. (laughs) And the enemy knows that. It's amazing. It's amazing when we understand how peace of God and prayer was together. So the last Sunday, December, which I was amazed by so many people that showed up for that service. My God, praise God. I was like, all right, praise the Lord. You know what I mean? It was great. And so part of it was the message that was given. I had, I had these, these students that, that came up, and, and I was so amazed how God was just sharing the message. And so the first one, the first gift was peace because we put peace in its right place. And so it was peace. And then the final one was, was pray more, worry less. And, and so I looked at that, and so God is saying, now, Ro, this is what I want you to understand, how peace and prayer, how they work together. Because he's saying you've got to take peace that you have in your hand, and it's got to get into your heart and your mind. It's, it's got to guard you. For where God has taken us, you have to guard your heart and mind because the enemy will talk you out of it. But when you're praying, come on, the enemy can't get. And so he's saying that we must understand how peace works, right? And so we're getting to this text where Paul, excuse me, Jesus is right. And he said, this is how you pray. And, he, and three times he says, when you pray, when you pray, when you pray. Three times. He didn't say if you pray. He says when you pray. Because you understand the battle that we're facing. And so he wants us to, to recognize this now. That, that when we look at it, that, that he said there is peace in your heart. And it guards your heart and mind. And now there is this concept of of prayer that we must connect together. And and so he's writing. And so Jesus now says, as said earlier, three times he says, and when you pray. And when you pray. And when you pray. Three times. I think Jesus wants to get our attention about the importance of prayer. He says, when you pray. And so here's where we're going to break it down. We're going to do this. Let's start with why we pray. Let's begin with that. If you're taking notes, write it down. Let's begin and let's start with why you pray. For 2023, let's begin right now. Why do we pray? Everybody prays. Here's why. Because the first reason why we pray, write this down, it's our human instinct to pray. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. So because there's a God, we pray. We have a built-in DNA to pray to a deity of some sort. So everybody prays. And some religion, they pray better than the believers do. That they hold prayer as such a sacred thing that they literally shift corporate policy so they can pray. And not afraid to tell them. Come on. Just, just any religion. People pray. Because it's built inside of you uh, to pray. It's within your DNA. So there's this human instinct in us. That draws us. And he says right here. Because they love to stand. So we say there's a love inside of us for the world. And because we love the world. There is this need To pray. It's in every individual. So when I hear that someone's an atheist, that's not really true. Agnostic, yes. But you can't deny your humanity and don't believe there's a God. Somewhere, some being, some light, some sort of force, some sort of deity. Come on, church, because we got to be careful because that deity is creeping into the church. That we're taking new age terminology, bringing it to the church. And so what we must recognize is that in every individual, there's an instinct, there's a human instinct to pray because at the core of it, we are all religious. At the very core, we're religious. And so the fool, Psalms 14 verse 1 says, in his heart, there is no God. And so that's the first level of prayer. So you meet somebody and you say prayer, they say yes, that's the first level. And so why do we pray? It starts right there. And so that's why when you meet somebody, at least the first thing you can tell them is this, that we need to pray. It's actually in you. The second, the second is intervention. The second reason why we pray is for intervention. This is for when trouble hits us or... Uh, uh, there's a tragedy, or, or, or there, there is something. There is some. There's something that we are experiencing that requires the response of people whose instinct is to pray. To pray. This is an intervention. This is when there's a national crisis, then we say, "Do what? Pray for our nation." That's just intervention. It doesn't matter what God you serve. Pray to your God. Do you remember Jonah when he was on the on the ship? The story about Jonah. And God told him to go to Nineveh to to preach the gospel and to to tell those people that, you know what, God has a plan for their lives. And Jonah goes the other way. He's like, I'm not doing that, God. Them them, them folks are crazy. The people in Nineveh had a human instinct to pray. Come on. But God recognized now, watch this now, that that prayer gets God's attention. But there's an intervention and so Jonah now gets on the boat, and that's why you got to be careful who you hook up with, right? Because when someone's running from God and you get on their ship, it's a shipwreck. Ooh. Get off my ship. No, I'm joking. Okay. You have the love boat. Come on. Somebody. Okay, right. So, so you, you got to understand that he gets on this boat, paid his way, by the way. I mean, paid is fair. And and got on the boat. And then all of a sudden, the storm comes up. The the storm. And the people are like, we're about to die. We need intervention. And here's what they said when you read the story. Come on, it's so good. They said, pray to your God. They said, go back to your human instinct. And we need intervention right now because we have a request. We're in trouble. And so I don't know which God is causing the stir. But if it's your God, talk to him, please. Intervention. And so as a nation, when tragedy happens, if the church doesn't know prayer, we're going to join the bandwagon. Flapping our gums and making no power whatsoever. Protesting with no power. It's the worst thing you can do. That's a good word right there. I will not protest without power. <laughs> okay, just making noise if you try to do that. That was straight from the throne, by the way. Because when Second Chronicles says, if my people, ooh, who are called by my name, they know they're God. And do the great exploits, they recognize it. So finally, Jonah says, it's me. It's me. It's me. It, it, it's, me. It, it, it's, it's me. Come on. Don't put your hands up, but it's me. It's me. It, it's me. I'm the one that's causing this mess. I'm running from God. Okay, he told me this year to pray more, and I don't want to do that. I don't want to pray for them, people. You don't know what they did to us. You don't know what the hurt they brought in. And so as a nation, as it goes, and and we change our profile picture to to match the, the need, the national crisis that are there. And so the noise of the church and the noise of the country, it comes together, and we just go over and over again. And all we hear every single time, there's some tragedy, all we hear is, let's pray. We could even go a little bit deeper. It's personal, the loss of a loved one. And we go to someone and says, please pray for me because of a loss. And all we're saying is if you have some relationship with the man upstairs, can you say a word for me because I'm going through this. And human instinct and intervention can happen without even knowing God. And so we're saying this year, pray more because there's a peace he wants to give to us and there's power in prayer for the battle, not for the war for the battle. So what are we to do as a church? Thanks for asking. Here is what we're supposed to be doing. Intercession. Intercession is different from intervention. And so the church, we go through intercession. Oh, good God Almighty. For the true and living God and his kingdom come, his will be done on earth As it is in heaven. And so Jesus recognizes what is needed is intercession, not intervention. Oh, my goodness. Not some mad made structure. What we need is a spirit moving in our lives. And so he says intercession comes from revelation. And so in Romans 8, 26 27, we get on the screen that I get Romans 8, 26, and 27. It says, So all of this is connected into Jesus' statement that when you pray, that when you pray, when you pray, before we break it down, we have to get to this point of recognizing we have to start with prayer. And this is intercession. So Romans 8, 26 and 27 says this likewise, the what? Come on. Who helps us? Hmm. Oh, let's just let that sink in right there. That's why we're spirit-filled believers. We're not crazy. We're spirit-filled believers. We have no agenda but one, glorifying God with the help of the Holy Spirit. Come on, right? And so while they're keeping the Holy Spirit out, that's why we have no prayer. Just welcome the Holy Spirit. He helps us in our what? Weakness. For watching, we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit who Himself intercedes for us with what? Groanings. Woo! Hey! Too deep for the English language, too deep for my Jamaican tongue, too deep for my Canadian, eh? Come on, there is a place and there's a time where you need the Holy Spirit to say, Oh God. Oh, my God. D- too deep for word. This was Hannah at the altar. Her mouth was moving, but there was no words. Because what she needed was not intervention. She needed intercession. Oh, God. Woo! This is so good. And he who search hearts. Knows what is in the mind of the spirit. They go, heart and mind. Because the spirit intercedes For what? For who? The saints. According to what? The will of God. It just seems for who? The saints. The set apart ones. You were called saints back then. Come on, somebody. You were called saints. Not sinners. Saints. You got to get over the sinner's prayer and start doing the prayer of Saints. And so the enemy keeps your mind occupied and every single time you're saying the Son of Prayer over, and he's saying it over, he's saying over again because you need intervention. He says, No, baby, you're a saint. You're supposed to be called to be intercessors. Yeah. Praying in the will of God for twenty twenty three. It doesn't matter what people come up with and what they say. If it's not of the Spirit, it's not going to work. I don't care how fancy your slogan is for 2023. If it's not of the Spirit, it is not going to work. Revelation. Revelation. Sometimes this is referred to as your heavenly prayer language. Oh, come on, somebody. We're Pentecostals because that's the only... That's the only thing. Everybody's Pentecostal. I don't care if you're Baptist, you're Pentecostal. I don't care if you're Methodist, you're Pentecostal. I don't care if you're uh, Assemblies of God, you're Pentecostal. Everybody who's a saint is Pentecostal. Because the Holy Spirit came at a prayer meeting, not when they were preaching. It was the prayer meeting that gave Peter the power to preach. We're all Pentecostal. I know that I'm breaking some of your traditions, but don't identify with a movement. Identify with the spirit who's moving. I'll say it again. Come on, because we got to kill this religious spirit. Come on, somebody. Right. And so some of you are like, oh, but I grew up this way. No, you better grow up in the spirit. You you, you better grow in the spirit in 2023. Stop identifying with some man-made movement and start identifying with the movement of the spirit. Can I preach this thing like I feel it? in my big toe. Come on. The Bible says the Spirit of God moved over the surface of the deep. The Spirit moved over the surface of the deep. And so this year, 2023, you've got to go deeper in God. You've got to dig a deep well. Stop being shallow. Come on. You've got to go deeper in the Word of God and realize someone needs me to pray for them. In a session. Um, I thought it was neat how God confirmed this message and I told Megan I'll only read the first part of her love note to me. Not much joking. P- part of her note that she wrote. I've known her for over 33 years, and this was in uh, May. Uh, this was in May of 43 uh, years ago. In May, <laughs> and um, I want to show you something. I've had this note for that long. It's, it sits on my desk, and I'm going to frame it. So I put it in a frame and. And I have it, and I read it again. Back to what Pastor Teresa said and to what LeGuel said. You get so familiar with something that you miss the essence of it. And for three years, I've read this, and it wasn't until uh, Friday we were here and had the place blasting with music. I was playing that, oh, uh, uh, a Nato gentle savior, And with nobody in the building, I can sing because God knows I'm out of tune, but I'm in his heart, right? So it was just loud. I'm walking around. I'm just singing it. And I went and got this, and I read it, and and this is what she said. She said, I really need your prayers. Please remember me when you go down in prayer, end of it. And prophetically what she was saying, number one, I need prayer. My human instinct and my intervention is telling me I need intercession. But I'm making the request to you because you're supposed to be a person of prayer, so I'm awakening the prayer inside of you as well. She didn't say, if you go down to pray, when you go down in prayer. And so the world needs to be able to come to the church, not for intervention, but for intercession. And they should say, church, when you pray, oh, come on. Because I know one thing about you is you pray. And I'm telling if we prayed more, we'd have less gossip. We'd have less division. Come on, come on. Am I teaching this thing right? Right, right. We'd have less judgment of man. Because we're too busy touching heaven to worry about what hell is going on with. <laughs> so it's intercession revelation. It's a prayer language. And so that's why we teach about getting your prayer language. It's not, some, it's not something to freak you out. It's not something to be like, oh, my gosh, what's that? Listen, just because someone left the foundation of faith doesn't mean our faith isn't true. It's because they walked away from it. Just because they, 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 they don't experience the, the peace of God by, by, by preaching this way anymore, doesn't mean it's wrong. I am not old school. I am literally from the place of if we don't have the Holy Spirit, what, what are we doing then? Because 90% of what we do in church could be done without the Holy Spirit. 90% of what we do could be done without the Holy Spirit. And you wonder why there's no intercession taking place. And people are going through serious stuff, folks. Serious stuff. I'm talking about where, where a person is murdered or, or, or there is some rape or there is something that is so traumatic that they realize I'm about to lose my mind. And they want to walk into the church, and Bible says, "Are you praying? Please pray." God's about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And he goes over there and he says, "I'm going to destroy those wicked people." Talk about Prince of Peace, right? You know what I mean? I'm just those wicked people. And Abraham says, My nephew, he's there. Oh, come on. He's the one that looked and said, Pick, pick where you want to live. And he saw the grass was greener and he went over there and didn't realize what was happening there. And Abraham intercedes and says, Please God. Please God. Have mercy. He didn't say, send down fire on them, God, because look at their wickedness. Because in Luke, he says, you don't know what spirit you're of. When he said, call down fire to consume these people. For the son of Man came to serve. Come on. And so Abraham cries out. And so if we love this nation, pray more. Don't get weary. Pray more. That God, in his grace and his mercy, will move by his spirit. And we'll see a revival that's not birthed in man's performance, but in God's power because we prayed. Am I helping anybody this morning? Abraham says, and God says, okay, if there is 50, if there is this, if there is that, I'll save the nation. So you can't look at God and be like, oh, what a God. He's like, man, no. Abraham interceded for that nation. And so we have to intercede in 2023. Uh, this year, pray more. It's because we must increase our intercession. Can you imagine what it would be like if every individual, we came in here, were on our knees saying, God, I pray your kingdom come, your will be done in my brother's life. Listen, I hear so much about love your brothers. I've rarely heard anything about pray for your brothers. I hear so much about love is love. But you never hear about pray for one another. Because if we pray, he'll expose your heart according to Romans 8. And you realize that what you call his love is really not love at all. Ooh, that's a good word. That's a good word. See, it's hard to pray for each other if we don't like each other. It's difficult, man. But I can preach to you and hate your guts. <laughs> I can lead worship and hate your guts. But to pray for you and don't love it doesn't exist, man. I won't be at peace with that. And that's why if you read on in Matthew chapter six, he says, "Forgive." <laughs> Because you got to be a peace. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. So, so here it is. This is where we want to get to now. This is, so I said we, we, we start with human instinct. Then we move into what, what was next? What was I said? Intervention, right? Okay, because of a request. So human instinct because we're religious. But there's also the intervention. Why? Be, be, because of our request. But then I also talked about the intercession. And that's because of revelation. Someone say, God, give me revelation. Okay, so the reason why you're praying is because you want revelation of God's will. Why? Because you're a saint. Someone say, I'm a saint. A saint. Come on, come on. Say, I'm a saint. a saint. Ah, Not the Catholic, but I'm a saint. I'm set apart. And I know how to access God. Because the war is over. So I'll fight the battle with you. And so now we're moving to the, to, to, to the, the, the depths. And this is right for intimacy. Intimacy. This is the heart of intimacy. Prayer is the heart of it. And this deals with a relationship with God. And it goes back to what I said. We're at peace with God. This is why prayer, excuse me, prayer now no longer becomes a chore. Prayer now becomes a conviction. Why? Because it's intimacy with the Father. I loved Megan so much that when we were dating and, um, you know, I was away. It was probably about an hour and a little bit off in Bible college. And, and when, they, when they changed the, the syllabus and they changed the, the course outline, I was able to have all my classes, like, finish on Thursday. So I'm like, man, I'm going back to Toronto because I'm going to look about a girl, right? You know what I mean? And I'm like fully honest. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for arranging that schedule because I loved her. And I made room for her. And I moved things out of the way. For her. And I was excited when things were arranged so I can be with her. That's called a relationship. It's called being intimate, right? It's called intimacy, right? I'm not talking about physical intimacy yet. I'm talking about intimacy in the sense of God declaring a deep love for somebody, that you move something else out of the way because now they take priority. Am I painting a picture for you? Right? And so because of that, we recognize that prayer is this intimate relationship with the Lord. That we move everything out of the way, not because they're not important, but because they mean nothing without him. Here's how the Lord always given it to me. If you don't move things out of the way, God will take them out of the way. Because they're idols. Because they're robbing us of prayer. That's so good. And so he moves them out of the way so that you can have intimate relationship with him so he can bring him back to you so he can get it through you. The enemy just wants to steal, kill, and destroy, but God wants it to be this thing where we understand it's intimacy, it's a relationship with him. And so Psalm 66, 18 to verse 20 says this. It says it, Psalm 66, 18 to 20. If we get on the screen, that would be great. Psalm 66, 18 to 20. This is a heart of intimacy. that loses lose everything I just said about the other three. Here it is right now, and, and the psalmist is writing, and here's what he says. If I had cherished, what in my heart? Iniquity in my heart. The Lord would not have what? Listened. But truly, God has listened. He has attended to the what? The voice of my prayer. Verse 20. Blessed be God because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. That's intimacy right there. What a relationship. He first realizes now that I can't have iniquity in my heart. I I can't have iniquity and be intimate at the same time. So he says, if I had cherished, if I had if I, if I looked at, in, at, at iniquity, if I looked at it better than God, you won't hear me. Not because God doesn't want to answer our prayer, but he's saying that there's an idol in your life. And I share my glory with nobody. So the first thing we have to do is, here's this word, repent. It's a really good word. It's Repent. And so I had to get to a place, yes, even your pastor, to get to a place where God to remind me, no, bro, you got to pray more. And so as we're going to get into it later on this month, but I'm realizing now there's certain things in my life. I said, God, cleanse me. I didn't realize those things. Get those things out of my heart, God, because those things are blocking me from really having this relationship with you, right? There's this place of being vulnerable with God when you go in prayer. And, and just, just for the starters, the first thing you had to say was like, listen, you got to get out of bed, bro. And you just have to go downstairs because I told you to do that. I told you that's how I want you to do it. Another friend of mine was, was telling me about this, this thing of prayer where, where he got to this place where he was just weeping and crying out because God has said I so want to spend time with you. There's this level of intimacy. Listen, we've got to get to a place where people come in contact with us and they leave and says, it seems you were with Jesus. That I can sense you are with Jesus. That I recognize I can come to this church. My prayer for TGP is we get so intimate with the Holy Spirit. That we become so intimate that God and his grace and his mercy, come on, answers our prayer. Why? Because God knows we want him more than we want anything else. Is we want a steadfast love. We want to be with him. That's what's so important. You see, prayer is the believer's constant communication with God. And that's why we must pray and experience the peace of God. Prayer is a deep-rooted relationship with God who desires to commune with us in everything. So I end with this, Luke 18, verse 1. After all that, I'm going to end with this. So we start with prayer. We start with why we pray. And now we're going to end with this. And here he says in Luke 18, verse 1. This is where we are. For 2023, this year, pray more. That's our theme. When people ask you, what is your goal for 2023? Pray more this year. Hey, man, have you written out your newest resolution? Yeah, but here's the greatest one. I'm going to pray more this year. In the rest of Matthew chapter 6, Jesus explains about all the anxieties, the cares of this world, the clothing, the very things that are so important to us. He says, pray more. We're, we're going to look at this as well because part of it he, he understands. He says he, he says to married people, he says, listen, he, he, he said, make sure there's peace in your house so your prayers don't get hindered. And what he's saying by that is this. He's literally saying that your intimacy with the Lord is what gives you the strength, is what gives you everything that's necessary to be able to access God. Uh, Megon and I, we are, you can answer that. But Megan and I are, are um, but we're taking a marriage course. Really? Yeah. We're taking one. And I said, babe, yeah. I said, you can't just. Offer marriage counsel without yourself not receiving counsel yourself. That makes sense, church, right? As a pastor, I literally want to embody the very things I preach to you. I want to live that as well. And so we're, we're, we're going to do that. And so, so we did. And so one of the sessions was talking about conflict resolution. And, and what they said in this session was one of the things that they do uh, when they get up in the morning time is they ask each other, how can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? Because if I'm in intimacy with the Holy Spirit, I want what's best for you. How can I pray for you? I want you to understand. He said to resolve conflict, it wasn't this 10-page thing. He said, just ask the question, how can I pray for you? Can you imagine calling your children and says, how can I pray for you? Not intervention. Not because it's my human instinct. But because it's an intimacy of the Holy Spirit. How can I pray for you? Powerful words. How can I pray for you? Preston. And you sit there and you wait. Wow. Yeah. Because my goal this year is to pray more. But that's what my goal is. It's it's to pray more. And here's why. Because. Because. I'm powerless in my human strength. I'm, I'm, I'm powerless in my human strength. I'm powerless in my human strength. I need the power of prayer this year. My God, I'm feeling this thing. Richard began and he was talking about breakthrough. I'm here to tell you, we're going to get to this breakthrough message. We're going to get to it. Because the first breakthrough is we've got to break prayer out of its box. Write that down. If you're allowed, get that tattoo. Because see, here's the deal, right? See, see, it's, it's this. It's, we got to break prayer out of the box so we can walk in breakthrough. Because breakthrough comes from prayer. And so in Luke 18, verse 1, he says this. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always, that they ought always to what? Pray and not what? That's it right there. You're gonna make your resolution, and they said in eleven days it's all gonna go. That's the, it's not scientific, but that's what it seems. That in eleven days, when I worked at the YMCA, it was so awesome. At the YMCA, every membership like increased. Like, oh my gosh, there was like so many people at the gym. Eleven days, twelve days after, it's a ghost town. <laughs> I said, oh, I want a mulligan. I'll, I, I want a do over. But here's the thing, Jesus says. If your desire is to be devoted to prayer this year, then he says, I want you to understand this. You should always pray, but don't lose heart. I only prayed for 10 minutes. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Come on now. I can only pray for 20 minutes. That's a start. Let's keep it right there. Let's keep it right there. But let's keep it right there. Because we're going to get discouraged because we're going to see people in the street corners praying all this kind of prayer. And you think that's the model. That's not the model. That's the motive. That's not even right. He says, get, get in your room. Get, get, get in the secret place and, and cry out to God in the secret place. Why? He says, even if it's just 10 minutes, it's better than no time at all with the Father. This is a good word. Not because it's coming from me, but it's from the throne of the Holy Spirit. My mentor, uh, Megan's brother, who came from Canada, says, I want to go for breakfast with you. And we went for breakfast. And you have to understand, I tell you to get a mentor because I have one. I have many. (laughs) Again, I want to embody the very things that I teach you. And I say, get a mentor. And so I have one as well. And when he shows up and he's talking, I'm just taking notes. I don't say a word. I'm just like this. Do I have input? You better believe it. But he's my mentor, and he's telling me stuff. And the reason why he's qualified as my mentor is because he came to service, and at the end of the service, he hugs me. I'm so proud of you, man! I'm so proud of you. He was there when I first preached, and everybody was standing. And I was preaching for five minutes, and people were still standing. And I opened my eyes because I was so nervous. Everyone's looking at me, and he goes, "Tell them to sit down." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Sit down." That, that, that's the guy. That's the guy with 30 years that's been consistent in my life. And we're having breakfast, and here's what he tells me. You need to get this book on prayer. Because, Ro, you will get revelation from God because of your faithfulness. But if you don't know how to pray, it just becomes knowledge and strategies. And what we're entering into needs the power of the Holy Spirit. It's supernatural now. He texts me, he says, hey, I ordered the book for you if you haven't gotten it yet. I said, the moment you opened your mouth and told me to get it, I ordered it. The moment you told me, get this book, it was on Amazon. Boom. Because God was speaking through him that this year wrote, pray more. To lead TGP into where they need to go for my next decision for a God has taken our church. I need to get on my knees. Here's why. Because it's not about how many butts are in the seats. It's how many people are on their knees. And if I'm to redefine success, it's not about numbers. It's about people who are intimate with the Holy Ghost. And says, "I'm going to pray, Pastor Roe, and I'm not going to lose heart." Oh, good God Almighty! You want a breakthrough? Pray more this year. You want deliverance? Pray more this year. You want to see financial increase? Pray more this year. Good God Almighty! Get on our knees. Woo, shaka, ba, ba, ba. Woo, come on, because your private life will manifest in your public action, and that's what he's teaching. You. He says your private prayer is what he's teaching. This is private stuff, so don't lose heart, young people. Where's my youth pastor? McKenna, listen, teach them how to pray. Not another program. Teach them how to pray. They're going to get bored, but it's just but you know that it's a demonic thing. Tell them you got to learn to pray. You got peer pressure, pray. You're getting bullied, pray. Come on, somebody. You've got to teach them how to pray. Don't lose heart in 2023, folks. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart as you do this. Jesus says we ought to always pray and not lose heart. So we end right there. How is your heart this morning? Is it aching from 2022 and the loss? Oh, I felt that right there. How is your heart, TGP? I know my heart. is saying, God, I need more of you. God, I need more of you. To be so careful what I share because I have to look at Meg. I'll make sure, okay, I, this is, this is, this is, I can share this part. But, but even, even in our home, when our, our, our children are, are gone, and it's just her and I, and uh, we're empty nesters. And so we've been, we've been reorganized, and we got to our closet, and we just took stuff out and said, okay, this is for goodwill, and, and let's move this, and we got some new stuff, and we walk in our room, and I'm like, there's so much peace here. And God's like, yeah, but make sure it's a place of prayer make sure it's a place of prayer don't lose heart i'm super excited about 2023 what is in your heart every head bowed every eyes closed go ahead richie and just play whatever song you were playing and sing i love you lord
1: I come, mm. I confess so good. Bowing here, mm. I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. Because without you, I fall apart, you're the one that guides my heart. Father,
0: this year as a church, we will pray more. There is breakthrough, there are blessings. There are provisions that are available to us that we must access through prayer. I declare that every addiction is broken and restoration is taking place. In Jesus' name. I'm learning something that in Matthew, and I'm going to release you after this, that um, prayer doesn't have to be this, like, show of display. You know what I mean? You know when you get, you get that, that prayer voice, Father, and you know what I mean, right? Um, I'm learning that Jesus is really teaching us about the motives of how we pray. And, and the reason I say that is because um, don't discount if, if, if your prayer is, is one that is, is, when I say private, it's not because you're ashamed of the gospel. It's because he, he says it right there. He says, don't, don't be like those who just wants to get up here. And he says, no, make sure you deal with that at home first. Make sure you have a private life at home first. That's prayer. Then when you come public, it's just like as if you're home again because you're amongst family. And I just thought came to me was I don't know if, if it, what kind of church, but when you sit in the pews, they just have these cushions at, at right there. You can, you can. We should probably put those back in this place. So if you don't want to come to the altar, right where you're seated, you can get on your knees. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it, but it, it just it just hit me because everybody wants to be a person of prayer because it's in your DNA to be a person of prayer. But this year. You're going to move from just a human instinct, move from just intervention. You're going to move to intercession so you can recognize the intimacy. Will you come on that journey with me, church? Amen. Because that is where the Holy Spirit is taking us, that we will not lose heart because of our intimacy with God in prayer by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, I thank you, and I magnify you, and I honor you and praise you. So throughout this year, what we're going to do is we're going to give people an opportunity to say the prayer of confession. the is the prayer of confession. Father, I confess. I need you in my life. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse from all unrighteousness. Because I want to move from someone who's a sinner to move to who's a saint who knows the will for my life. If that's you here or online, I want to invite you. Because prayer moves you from being a sinner to being a saint who knows the will of God. And the will of God is that you will not perish, but have everlasting life. And for that, we say thank you, Jesus. And because of that, we will pray more. In Jesus' name. Amen. As you're launched and you feel so led, take the time to ask somebody, how can I pray for you this month? Amen. God bless you.